welcome back to the We Only Do One Take podcast, the conspiracy theory episodes. I am Turch, and with me is my co-host, the CEO, the man that likes a good practical joke. It's Kieran. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? <laughs> uh, I'm good. And for those that missed it, I'm with the man who I'm with the man who can only fuck up a free lunch. That's very, very much true. <laughs> I still don't understand what that reference is. Uh, I don't know. I'm having a good time with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, long time no I see. I am on the beast tonight. I know, right? We just recorded on Sunday. That episode will be out on Thursday, so people won't get the free lunch reference until then. <laughs> but in the meantime, we are back online, having all the fun in the world, looking at the human history movie that is uh, from Spirit Science, the YouTube channel Spirit Science. Uh, so we haven't done this in a, in a while because we did have our friend Nick on the show to talk about their uh, other ancient history, how the world was created, Nibiru, fake planet one. But this one here is a continuation of episode number three, and it's uh, continuing on the story. So we got to the place where Thoth... Do you remember where we got up to? Do you remember anything that we that we may or may not have looked at so far? Uh, um, there was conflicting stories. <laughs> That's what I remember. And we're trying to figure out about this Nibiru or Nabari or this planet. That was, uh, that was in- the, the other the other one. This one here oh, was sh- more about the the the, the planet the, the the continent of Atlantis. Oh, this and one. The, yes, the, yes. This one here. So we had the continent of Atlantis with the twelve or thirteen groups on there, including the space Jews. Yeah, came from Mars, yeah. and uh, we also had some other people at that. And then the, we lost consciousness. We went down a level of consciousness. Uh, yes, the and levels, had, the levels, and the twelve thousand years. Twelve thousand, and then years. something happens in two thousand years. Yeah, and, and then we had the most important thing, I guess, would be that uh, Thoth, the Egyptian god. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, sorry, Dweezil just opened the door and just stuck his head in it. Uh, I, I always find it funny. Um, he's just seeing if you're actually in the room, but you're not, obviously. Hi, Dweezil. Yeah. So you're saying had... Dweezil can hear me, uh, but he can't see me. Very, very very powerful ears. He can probably hear me through the, the headphones. But then yeah. Thoth and the other ancient gods, the Anunnaki-type people, decided, yes, we're going to create a synthetic Merkaba, which ended up being the Pyramid. And that was all written on. Oh, that's right. And the pyramid was the pyramid was built upside down. That's right, top to bottom. And this is all written on the uh, green emerald stones that were found and then translated by Zachariah Sitchin, who we know, um, which I know, <laughs> and I told the audience that he's actually uh, a complete fraud and has been like told off many a time where he had no ability to translate anything and no other language but his own, but yet decided to translate these books or these writings and that's right, <laughs> and get to that stage. So that's where we're at at the moment. I think that's a really uh, succinct explanation of where we are. And if you get confused by any of the words that I'm saying, don't worry. This I'm sure the rest of this will not explain it either. Good. But we have another 25 minutes of this or so, which will get, 
by the time we stop and start, it's going to take us an hour to to get through. I'm sure, and I'm, I'm always as cool. Of course, if the chat wants to join in in the fun, please do because we love we love hearing from you and how ridiculous this is. But Kieran, are you ready? to to see more of this this fantastic documentary wisdom and you can read them at over let's let's do it fantastic so you can already see on screen uh remember this this will come out in audio format on our podcast stream our podcaster like on spotify and itunes and soundcloud obviously but if you are watching this please make sure you subscribe to us on youtube all that fun stuff but the, the the conspiracy theory shows definitely benefit from you watching them on youtube because you get the full visual aspect of them now most of these you don't need the visual we'll try to describe it but right now we're watching uh, a cartoon gentleman and those are uh, green things next to him are those green emerald um tablets that zachariah tablets yes that he then so let's continue it on let's here we go 100 different levels of consciousness and you will always understand them differently if you're interested in this stuff, you should definitely consider reading them. As you can probably tell, Thoth plays a pretty large role in what happened. Most of this information comes from him. Thoth also provided most of this information about the Flower of Life and its geometric relationship to consciousness with us. Okay, these are some of those geometric shapes that are considered the um, the most important in the world, the building blocks of Earth. And remember this shape on the on the right-hand side, down the bottom, Oh, that was the the tree and the alien and the 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 six things. Yep, yep. Yeah, exactly right. So all these are important shapes. And they've got like a geography, uh, sacred uh, symbols uh, film as well. So maybe we'll have to get through that because I think all these are explained in that. But I think for now, I think we're just learning about them for the first time, which is a long, like half an hour we've gone through this and they've used these shapes multiple times. Even like a couple of sentences to describe what they actually are will be very beneficial for everyone. But they've decided, Where's the Fibonacci? Where's the Fibonacci? (laughs) I'm sure we'll get to it. Are you ready? (laughs) Yeah. And this stuff is tied intimately to the geometry of the universe. Considering the quality and quantity of information that he has shared, it makes you really start considering that this next part can be true. The Great Pyramid has a... Remember, it was Thoth. <laughs> this is like the Egyptian god who was channeled yeah. by somebody else um, like thousands of years later, like in the in the 1900s, or early, late 1800s, early 1900s. That's how we're getting this information from Thoth, the Egyptian god at the time, who also lived simultaneously at the time of atlantis which is meant to be like twenty six thousand years ago what a timeline but here we go i think we're going to learn about the 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 great pyramid of giza here we go legendary missing capstone according to the emerald tablets deep under the great pyramid there's a room called the hall of records this room was not Uh built by thoth and long predates the atlantean civilization within the hall of records is the capstone of the pyramid which is five and a half inches high solid gold and completely holographic image of the great pyramid it has all of the little rooms and everything However, this leaves us with a 24 square foot piece of the Great Pyramid. That- so there's a, a, a capstone for the pyramid built yeah, but underground that's, long before. Uh huh. Right. So my and, question And if is, they put that capstone uh, on it, does it then shoot lasers up into, up into space? Uh, and that space thing that's over it. I'm not quite sure. I'm sure we're going to find out, but my question is now, 
Thoth ended up putting, what was it, 26,000 years ago. Like it was there before the Atlantis sort of stuff and before the Great Pyramid. So, how did. So, what I'm hearing is they've done a very bad job by building over it. Yeah. And no one's been able to find this. Okay, let's let's Mm -hmm. keep it going. That's missing. If what Thoth says is true, that missing piece actually belongs to a very special airship that exists on Earth. And the way to the airship is through the Sphinx. The Sphinx. Wait. (laughs) Did they say an airship? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) A a ship that goes in the air. Okay. But it's in the Sphinx. My God, maybe we needed to do like three shots of tequila before we, we started the show, just to be in the right mindset. Uh, let's keep going, let's keep going. According to Thoth, is not 12,000 years old, but dates back over five and a half million years on Earth. Deep under the Sphinx, about one mile down, is a round room with a flat floor and flat ceiling. Inside this room is the oldest synthetic object on Earth. The object is about two city blocks in size. It's round like a disc and has a flat bottom and top. It is also only about three atoms thick, except for a pattern on the top and bottom, which looks like this. This pattern is five atoms thick. Thoth says that it's powered by consciousness, <laughs> thoughts, and feelings, and connects with your own living Merkaba, which means Church. that it becomes an extension of you. I don't understand what an atom thickness is. What is five atoms thick compared to three I, atoms thick? Uh, I am... I, obviously, two more atoms, Kieran. Like, that's a real... <laughs> I mean, like... But, is it a teaspoon oh, equivalent? Is it a tablespoon equivalent? Because, you know. No, like an atom, like an atom, like an actual atom. Yeah. Yeah. So tiny. My, so they've got this big ass room that's as big as, like, flat roof, flat ceiling, you know, flat roof, it's a flat floor. Well, aren't all big roofs ass, basically like, flat? I would say, oh, you know, you can get a pitched roof, like a, you know, mm-hmm. that's something. I'll give you that. Uh, I'll what, give you that. But, why, why, why do I need to know the roof is flat? Well, I want to know they've got this disc that's only five atoms tall, yet it's as big as, like, a, like it's as tall as a, a city. But that's where yeah. they store this one, this one thing. Mm. It's a pretty big room for one thing. Powered by consciousness. Uh-huh. That is a flying disc that you access through the Sphinx. <laughs> And your own energy uh... fields. The ship is also intimately connected with the spirit of the Earth and is the protector for the whole planet. Thoth built the pyramid (laughs) the way he did to fit. (laughs) That disc, who's. Wait, wait, I bet you we're getting screwed on taxes, though. The taxes (laughs) are going towards this. Can I ask? Wait a sec. I'm just looking at this this document here. So they said it was only five atoms thick. This 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 yeah. thing, right? But now yeah. I'm looking at it. I'm pretty sure this is 24 feet. It does. It. <laughs> okay. Let's keep it going. With the ship, when on top of the Great Pyramid, it creates this image from above. The disc ship has a circumference equal to the perimeter of the Great Pyramid. As we discussed in lesson 11, whenever that ratio appears, life occurs. This ship can only be used by the purest of souls. See, whenever we approach the point in the procession of the equinox where our poles do these shifts, we become very vulnerable. Things often degenerate, and while things become chaotic, there are often other species who wish to take us over. This has always happened, not just with us, but with all evolving consciousness. Every time a takeover seems imminent, a very pure person will find their way to the ship and raise it into the air. The earth and sun will connect with that person and give him or her great power. Then whatever that person thinks and feels will happen. And think about it. 
Can you interpret for I, me? I, I'm trying <laughs> So there seems to be this disc down yeah. underneath the pyramids. And when the world starts to get more chaotic, someone comes and is very pure, pure of heart. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, Rodongo just said, those are fucking huge atoms, my dude. I was going to make a joke, but the city is the size of 10 atoms. But then they ruined my snarky comment. So this disc thing usually goes on top of the pyramid, and it's wide. Like, it must be pretty wide. But only five atoms thick or 24 feet thick. One of the two. And it creates this shape. But then when someone who's got a very pure of heart, like uh, like, you know, like a holy person, I guess, just in, as a as a general like you or term. I. Like you or yeah, I. Yeah, that's right. So when it's yeah. when the world is pure chaos, uh-huh. this person can go connect with that that thing, and whatever they want to happen will happen, and make peace for the world. Very interesting. <laughs> where's the Where's the army? I don't know. If I'm going on peace yeah, talks, I want an army. If consciousness is the primary core component of the entire planet, does it not make sense that it would have its own defense mechanism? This defense is an airship that plugs into the Earth and the Sun, allowing the Earth to have protection. Our takeover event actually already (laughs) happened, the same year the Christ grid was activated. The year was 1989, and we were having some troubles with the Greys, a race of ETs who were slowly plotting takeover due to a previous scuffle we were having. Did they just say in 1989, we were having a discussion, we were having a discussion with the grey aliens and they were going to try and take over the earth, but someone, okay, let's find this holy man. A very pure woman in Peru made the ascension process into the Christ consciousness grid and found the ship. She tuned it to the frequency of the fourth dimension where she raised it through the earth and into the air and manifested a situation for the greys to leave. Within a very short time, the Greys began getting sick and remained sick for as long as they stayed here. They have been forced to leave for now and we are once again safe. The ship is a warship in that whatever race is trying to take over, the person will just think them away, think up a situation and force them to leave. Returning to the events on Atlantis. So the world missed this because we were going through the Cold War. It, well, no, the Cold War was over by the late the 80s. 1989? Yeah, the Cold War was over in the well, 70s. Russia and all- Berlin Wall fell in like 1989, didn't it? Oh, now I can't remember exactly when, but it sounds about right. But that was Germany, not Russia. And that was an East-West Germany type thing. No one else really got involved in that one. Oh, a lot of stuff was happening in 1989. The only, the only thing that which happened... to me makes sense why the only, we why the rest of the world missed this. The only thing, the only person that interfered in 1989, only America that interfered with Germany in 1989 was David Hasselhoff. Got it. He was, he was there. Oh, the Baywatch. Fell. The Baywatch effect. That's it. <laughs> I don't know what this had to do with Atlantis because we just got Atlantis back on the screen now. So hopefully we find out. After completing the complex in Egypt, Thoth and pals returned to Atlantis where they waited for about 200 years until that critical point on the procession of the equinox where the poles would shift. They knew that Atlantis would sink and they would be ready. Previously on Thoth and pals... Thoth, the poles are shifting. Oh, the poles shift? Yeah, whoa, what's wrong with your eyes? I don't know. When Thoth first saw signs of the polar shift... 
What was that? <laughs> so they've built nice. the pyramids. Yeah. They've built the pyramids and now the poles are going to shift, which we discussed would turn the earth in some sort of way mm-hmm. that it would throw everybody out. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. They returned to the land of Chem and raised the warship into the sky. They went to Atlantis and picked up the Nikals. The Nikals weren't just passengers, though, and each and every being was working in unity to create a very powerful Merkaba around themselves and the ship. They returned to the Great Pyramid and landed the ship on top, forming the right. phi ratio with the pyramid. And then it happened. Uh, the poles be- why there's no tip. It, yeah, well, that, that little gold thing that it's in the, the floor down, down the bottom, which I talked about. Yeah. The, in the Chamber of Truth or something. I, I don't understand how having something within a mathematical ratio affects life. Oh, Turch, have you heard of Fibonacci's? I know what Fibonacci. Do you know what Fibonacci's <laughs> is? I do know what Fibonacci's. Explain uh, it uh. to the listener. It's 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 one plus one, then two. I don't know, but you get the circular thing. Yeah, it's yeah. It's one plus one is two, and then you add in you add the two numbers besides it. So be one plus two equals three, and then two plus three equals five. Three plus five, five equals go. eight. Yeah. That's it. And it does cause a certain pattern when when graphed out or something like that. I wonder yeah. if they'll talk about it, but I don't, I don't know yet. But the, the Merkaba has been flown around with the synthetic thing in their spaceship with the, the Nicoles and Thoth, and they're about to save the Earth. ...began to shift, not, and so human consciousness began to plummet. Simultaneously, the electromagnetic and magnetic fields of the Earth collapsed and all life on the planet went into the great void, the three and a half days of absolute blackness described by many ancient cultures in the world. The Emerald Tablets say that whenever we go through a polar shift, we go through a void space as we change our- Wait a sec, they just said many places on Earth say that, many cultures on Earth say that we went into blackness for a number of years, a number of days. Days, And they didn't even cite one. They didn't even cite one. Oh, Tedge, you know, that was common knowledge. I must admit, Kieran, my my uh, ancient history knowledge is not as good as yours. <laughs> you got to watch some more ancient aliens. I know, I know. Uh, we should watch more of those. We should, we should watch them together. <laughs> what are you doing this weekend? <laughs> All right, let's watch some ancient aliens. Uh, frequencies for about three and a half days. This is also in the Troano document, depicted by three and a half stones painted black. This refers to a time when we go through what science calls the electromagnetic null zone. During the pole shift, a phenomenon takes place where everything just seems to disappear for a certain time. Usually it's between two to four days, and the last time it was three and a half days. Here's where it gets interesting. What happens to us does not usually happen to a normal species, because most advanced species will have their Merkabas handy at the time of the shift. We didn't, due to our little crisis, and we got sucked into the void space without protection. This resulted in us losing our memories. Science realizes that all of our memories are connected through cells in our brains as well as fields around our heads. What is not entirely understood by science... You're the science man here. Yeah. The, the, no one got the brain and psychology. Let's uh-huh. see how true this is. Science yet, at least not okay. directly, is the connection our memories have with the planet itself. We've discussed this before. The magnetics of the Earth affect how we think and act. The Merkaba is an electromagnetic field that you create around your body that can serve as protection from void as you're consciously going through it. What happened to us when we didn't have that protection? It was a clean wipe. When- okay, is that... <laughs> 
You've studied brains how, for a long time. How, how 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 do I create my own Merkaba? I don't know. But and, we and, should at, find and at out. night time, at night time, because night time's a void. Yeah. Does that mean night time's a polar shift? Well, we're not all going through that at the same time, are okay. we? Okay. All right. I don't know. I don't know. True. I think that's true. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> Okay. When we existed on Atlantis, we were living at a very high level of consciousness in a higher dimension. We had extremely advanced and sophisticated bodies and minds, and were capable of practically anything, living in a dimension where molecules were spaced so far apart that consciousness could interact with them without physically moving. It's hard to explain. Wait a second. <laughs> the molecules were split so far apart we could interfere with them in between the, the molecules. Okay. Yeah. Um, How do the molecules that, get they're out? De- they're describing a gas. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> think of water, right? Think of water. <laughs> <laughs> when when things are more densely compacted with water, it becomes yeah. ice. You know, it becomes colder uh-huh. too. You know, and the hotter it gets, it goes into the transition into water. And yeah. then into a gas, and the more heat there is, the more the molecules spread apart, and the less of water gas there is. So, Church, so what you're saying, what you're saying, and 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 let me just give you another analogy. A shit is solid, <laughs> right? <laughs> but but it can also but be it- a gas. The more time, but it could also be, be, it could also be a bit watery, but it could also be a gas. The more tacos (laughs) you eat, the more your shit becomes fourth dimensional. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes, I think that's right. Here, I think your analogy is one hundred percent perfect. And so, if I fart, I could impact someone's consciousness because it's interacting. Well. You know what? I'm sure you farted and interacted with someone's consciousness, but probably not in the way that they're describing. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, so what was I say? Some dimensions become even formless. Even that's practically indescribable. Wait a second. How can you say the dimensions become formless and then say they're indescribable? Um, Have you ever heard the, like the the story about uh, Plato and Socrates? I think no. that's the one. They're all together, and um, uh, Plato, uh, like, you know, Plato was trying to like saying the story like, uh, "Oh, ha- how to describe things," and he was describing mm. things by telling people what they aren't. And yeah. then I think Socrates comes up to Plato, vice versa, and goes. Well, what about emptiness? You can't do that with emptiness. And one of the and the other one was like babbling on and on, saying basically nothing. And then Plato comes up to Socrates and taps him on the head and goes, "I think we I think we found where the emptiness is." Like that's how I feel about these descriptions. <laughs> that's a good one. Hey. Oh, here we go. Explain right. because you can literally shape your environment immediately through your consciousness in these higher frequencies. In that sense, we were creators, knowing and understanding oneness, beings of love. But then we fell. We dropped back down to this place called the third dimension. We also fell in consciousness back to zero. We forgot how to use the pineal gland, and it slowly shrunk to the size it is now, like a raisin. Okay. 
pineal gland <laughs> in the brain. What are your thoughts <laughs> as a guy who studied the brain? Um, I may about to show my um, my ignorance, but what the fuck is the pineal gland? <laughs> Let's find out. <laughs> oh no, here we go. Where's... Okay. In that sense, we were creators, knowing and understanding oneness, beings of love. But then we fell. We dropped back down to this place called the third dimension. We also yeah. fell in consciousness back to zero. We forgot how to use the pineal gland, and it slowly shrunk to the size it is now. All right, the pineal gland, where it's supposed to be eyeball size. Okay. Mr. Turch, yes, uh, is involved in uh, serotonin, yeah, uh, melatonin, and it's to do with sleep. So at, <laughs> at one stage, it was bigger. Apparently, I don't know so how they just, know that. But you know your bigger. you know your circadian rhythm and your and your sleep cycles and all of that. That's what it balances out, does it? Yeah, that's that's just it. You know, yeah, that's what it does. So it doesn't need to be big. No, but if it was yeah. bigger, what it just means it would pump out more of those chemicals, and we'll just sleep chemicals. more. <laughs> so maybe he is right. Maybe we did fall asleep for a long time if we did have a bigger pineal pineal well, gland. There you go. We just fell asleep for twenty years. <laughs> nice. When this happened, we forgot how to breathe source energy into our bodies, and our lifespans went kaput. Eventually, we went from 900 years to what it is today. We had not experienced this dense reality that we had before, at least for a very long time. We were kind of like a supercomputer that gets completely wiped, no operating system or anything. We had these advanced physical bodies, but we didn't know how to use them. This is why today we are so physically advanced compared to pretty much all the other animals in this third dimension. For a time, the survivors of the Atlantean fall, and there were a few, we're literally hairy barbarians. We even had to rediscover fire. The reason we're having such a hard time. Didn't fire come from that mm. god? The Anunnaki so. type god? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So we did this great wipe, it seems like. We wiped our slate clean at some point. And System reboot. Yeah. And so we survived this cataclysmic event, but we just became retarded. <laughs> But we had these advanced bodies that could have fingers for finging and toes for towing and all that sort of stuff. Yet, and nose for knowing. Yeah, nose for knowing. And uh, a pineal gland the size of a peanut instead of the size of an eyeball. And But that's why we're so far more advanced than the rest of the animals on, on planet Earth. It feels like we keep going up to we keep going up to level one and then we're back down to level zero. Can we get to yeah. level two? No, no, we're on level three now, and we're trying to get to Are the fourth level... dimension. Oh, and I, I think that's I thought what we got said. dropped down. I thought we did. Oh, maybe we did. Maybe we're at level two. Because we remember the, the, the we, we, yeah the we've got to be down at level, level zero. one. Remember the level one people came up, but they were just spirits looking for bodies. Oh, gosh. Uh, let's keep going. Yeah. Finding evidence of Atlantis is because for the most part, the events of Atlantis took place on a much higher dimension than our physical Earth exists on right <laughs> So, the reason why we can't find anything about Atlantis is because you need to be in a different, higher state of mind. That's why we can't find any bones, any actual that physical makes sense. records. I, I understand. Right. I yep. understand where they're yep. coming from now. Yep, yep. Right now, everything I've drawn of Atlantis can't be taken as that's what it looked like because it didn't. 
This landmass did physically exist, but the Atlanteans were not inhabiting that dimension of its existence. If the warship hadn't been protected by the Merkaba, the Nikals would have lost their memories. They retained their memories when the Earth came out of the void and began their work once more. Thoth and one-third of the Nikals went to the Island of the Sun in Bolivia, Aragot and one-third went to Tibet, and Ra and the remaining third went to Egypt, where they waited. Now, we're going to begin bridging the gaps between this story and our current history. In between the fall of Atlantis and the dawn of our first civilizations, who were the Egyptians and the Sumerians, there was a 6,500 year gap between them. What was happening to us in that time? We have to look at this procession chart again. This is where we fell in consciousness, point C, and this was our falling asleep phase too. Thoth, Ra, and the Ascended Masters were waiting until point D. They had to wait for humans to just evolve themselves over a 6,500 year time period until they were advanced enough to actually receive this new information that they were going to provide. So ancient aliens, this is basically ancient <laughs> aliens or gods coming down now, but they had to wait long enough for us to become smart enough to understand that they were, we were going to get given certain items, certain knowledge. Yeah. This is this is stupid. <laughs> if we're already evolving, it looks like at a pretty rapid rate. Yeah. Why would they need to even get involved? Well, because we're stupid. Okay, we had to get smarter. Enough. We were we were part of it. But why did they wait? Like why didn't they just go, hey, let's grip these people, let's train them up from the beginning? This is like saying, Oh, you know what? Church, we're gonna church, start your approach. They've got they've got the philosophy I like. They don't like to be rushed. Well, you must be uh, Thoth or one of the other <laughs> Nikals. What can I say? Sometime in here was when the flood of Noah occurred. Because of the pole shift, the Earth went through an ice... <laughs> Kieran, your favourite! <laughs> <laughs> now the Bible's real. Now the Bible's real. There you go. So the flood's real. Because you just said of the polar shifts. That was meant to kill everybody except for Noah get, and his family. Get that shit and away all the from animals. Yeah. Ice Age. This is scientific fact. When the ice melted, it would have caused massive flooding. DNA is the physical manifestation of who you are. It is your soul's physical aspect. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I'm not following the uh, the leap here. <laughs> your soul's physical aspect is DNA. <laughs> You're jeez. So- uh, you okay over there? Yeah, sorry, I've got my 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 Who is this science? Down. That's all right. I read a comment there. Who is this science person they refer to? Genetic memory is a thing, but if I headbutt someone, they're not going to share the same memory uh, with with me. I I could vouch for that. Apart from the memory of having been headbutted uh, yeah. or head getting head, you know, I don't think we're going to share any memory. Here and I, I'm sure, have butted heads quite a, quite a bit. Not only in physical nature, but also on the podcast. And uh, never, <laughs> never, God, we've never done thank that. God I don't, thank God, I don't have any of his memories. <laughs> hey, you want my memories? My memories are great. My memories are the best. All Mr. I can Church. say is I know I know nothing about hay, and I know nothing <laughs> about the potato, <laughs> which are bonus episodes. I'm sure coming coming up. He should just live stream yourself talking about potatoes. It'd be great. Do you know how it would work? You just send me the link to StreamYard and then it will happen. Yeah. This is what I have to do, people. Let's continue on here. What we are seeing in DNA is changes in the codons. There are 64 possible codons in DNA and humans only have about 22 or so. 
What we're finding is that there are six more codons being activated within these children, and they are choosing two of the six. These kids are what we call indigo and crystal children, and probably the super psychics as well. Now, this is a chromosome. Basically, what this is, is lots and lots of DNA wrapped into this weird H-like shape. This is located in every cell, and is part of your body of consciousness. What Thoth tells us is that every level of consciousness seen here not only has its own consciousness grid, but its chromosome change as well. The second level, what where we are now, has 44 and 2 chromosomes. To any scientist, this is basic biology. The first level, however, has 42 and 2, and this third level has 46 and 2. The fourth and fifth have 48 and 2 and 50 and 2, respectively. The primary physically visible difference between these DNA in all life is height. The first level has an average height of 4 to 6 feet tall. The second level, us, has an average height of 5 to 7 feet. Third are about 10 to... Hey, hey, church. Uh, well, I'm, church. I'm obviously a level one. <laughs> Suffer in your jocks. <laughs> all the Italians, all the Asians as well, the smartest people of our community, the Asians. All level ones. Yeah. Out of all level ones. And yet you, <laughs> six foot two, one man, level two. Yeah. Not level a, two. Not as smart. Not as smart. That's all I can say. In uh, practicality nah, purposes. Touch, touch, touch. <laughs> this, this is the scientific Romans, fact. The Romans yeah. ruled the fucking earth <laughs> for sci- 300 this sci- years. This is scientific fact here. As a level two, shut the fuck up. All right, you don't know what you're talking about, level one. Well, you should watch out, level, because look at these level three people. They're, they're 14 to 16 feet tall. Oh, my God. Wow. But in the, in the thing here, it says 10 to 16, so that's interesting. Let's keep it going here. The 16 feet, which we are about to translate to. Fourth is 30 to 35 feet, and the last is 50 to 60. You may remember a being named Metatron, the Hebrew archangel, who is the perfection of what humanity is to become. Did you... um? Did you, did you remember Metatron? Huh? And I know you're like, uh, I know you know Metatron. No. Not Megatron. That's, that's a Transformer. This is Metatron. <laughs> I know Megatron. That's right. He was yeah. 55 feet tall, that guy. The last two heights are far in the distant future for us, though. This is a place in Egypt today called Abu Simbel. The first thing you notice is that these statues are huge. But with the information about the DNA, this paints a different picture. These beings would be in the 60-foot range if they were to stand. They were at the fifth level of consciousness. These beings on a different wall are 35 feet tall. Fourth level of consciousness. Here are some third levels as well. Archaeologists saw this and thought that it meant that the man was just much more important than the woman. When in actuality, the kings of Egypt had five different names, one for every level of consciousness. Some of the kings were even able to translate into different dimensions, and that's how they guided the population with the power of the gods. In Egypt... So they could transform themselves from one to another. Yeah. This means that uh, Kim Jong-un and Kim Jong-il, you know, the statues in North Korea, are like level fours. (laughs) Yeah, these level fours. So that's how he actually transforms himself into level fours to guide the communism that is his beautiful country. That's That's Korea over there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rodongo said, Metatron was the best practice album, Fight Me. Rodongo, we're going to have to have a, a very big discussion because we all know uh, Transmutation is the best Praxis uh, album and is easily my favorite album of all time as well. So we're going to have to have another discussion offline, I think, about that one there. But uh, maybe we'll let Kieran listen to both albums. Are they even on Spotify? Sure. I don't think they even think they're on oh, Spotify. Uh, but I've got a copy of both of them. 
uh, on CD because that's the only way you can get them. Um, Church, give so, me a moment. Hold the floor. Absolutely. I really think Metatron was the best practice album. That's, that's, a, that's a bold call, my friend. Very bold call. Very sad that uh, Praxis, oh. which is a band with Buckethead and uh, and Bernie Worrell, Bill Laswell, Booty Collins on the first album at least, DJ Ramal Z and uh, Brain on Drums. And uh, uh, I'm missing someone now, but I can't remember. But, uh, you know, powerful stuff. I don't know. We, we need more me- uh, more Praxis, but sadly that band is now definitely, definitely gone. But if you'd like to listen to the podcast, I, I did uh, the interview with Maximum Bob, who is not only the singer of the Dally Creeps, That's but right. uh, numerous other Buckethead bands. And he was even on the final Praxis album. I highly recommend that. I think it's episode number, uh, it's in the 60s from memory. Um, but you should definitely check that. He talks about Praxis, that whole whole uh, album that he did, and even Into the Chicken, which is a great album. But let's continue on. Let's continue on. According to today's top archaeologists and researchers, the Egyptians and Sumerians both began their civilizations right around the same time from each other, within a few hundred years or so. Both of these civilizations emerged out of nowhere with perfect writing abilities that were not improved upon since. When they first emerged, they were extremely sophisticated and clear, and slowly degenerated over generations. No archaeologist can explain how this happened or explain how it could Aren't have happened. Aren't we meant happened. to be getting smarter? Okay, you, you've talked to me about this, about IQ points before. Do you want to yeah. talk a, bit, a little bit about that and how... We're meant to be getting smarter, uh, not... To, no, but even they said that they, the gods were waiting for us to get smarter. Mm. Not not dumber. So the gods gave us writing all these abilities and then yeah. we got dumber and forgot more of it or something like that, it seems like. It's the Flynn effect. Every 10 years, they have to renorm the IQ test because we go up a couple of points. Well, that's that's good, that's good. Even yeah. like the, the new children, or like the the on the normal people as well. Everyone, everyone, everyone. There you go. Yeah, you, things you learn on this show. Shipped in Sumer into a special classification called stair step evolution. What happened was one day Egypt got its language full and complete. Then the knowledge leveled off, and then it got another massive leap a little while later. Then suddenly they knew everything about water and moat systems just perfect. Then, a little time later, BAM! They're masters of hydraulics. How did Egypt and Sumer do this? Well, this is what Thoth said. When we were evolving on our own for 6,500 years, Ra and the Ascended Masters were waiting in an underground city beneath the Great Pyramid. We'll come back to this in a bit. Thoth- <laughs> So there's not only- <laughs> there's, a, there's an underground city. There's an underground city, the spaceship 24-foot, <laughs> five-atom thing under there, and- and uh, the the slight, uh, the top of the gold thing that looks exactly like the pyramid under there as well. What, what a fantastic thing to, to have. Sun Tat formed a group called the Tat Brotherhood, which is a secret group that still exists today as protectors and keepers of the sacred temples. I never understand secret societies that, that are still existing today and people know about. Yeah. Like the Masons and all that sort of stuff. People obviously know... You know, it, it's like saying, "Oh, Scientology is something that is a secret society." Well, yeah, uh-huh. it's 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 as secret as everyone knows that they exist. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Adam. I, uh, you know what? I I feel like I have to agree with you as well that humanity is losing <laughs> IQ points every ten years, possibly every year. <laughs> that, 
We're just it's the more beer I drink, the less IQ points I have. Actually, I have a theory about this. I think I've talked yeah. about it on the show before. The more beer I drink, the smarter I get. Think about this. Survival of the fittest. It's part of an evolutionary sort of thing. The more stupid brain cells I cells I kill, the best brain cells are still there. Hence making me mm-hmm. smarter because now the weakest uh, link is still very strong. Uh-huh. I like it. Yeah. I don't know if I that's like exactly it. science. Uh, <laughs> if they don't interview a member of the Tat Brotherhood, I'm calling the educational videos bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Today, they're still connected to the Ascendant Masters. So about 6,000 years ago, some members of the Tat Brotherhood would wait until they would meet someone who could understand what they were going to teach them. When they found someone, they would just tune their frequencies to the third dimension and walk up and tell them information <laughs> flat out. They said, hey, if you do this and this, this happens. The Egyptians would say, wow, look at that. Then they would go underground, wait another little while, and repeat the process. Over a short period of time, the Egyptian and Sumerian evolution shot up in stair steps. As for the Sumerians, they also received a more detailed story by those who were assisting them. They described to the Sumerians in all of the details they remembered. They said, this is the history of the planet, write it down. Uh, The Sumerians knew about the procession of the equinox because they were told it by the Nicals from Atlantis. After this stair step period, we began to fall asleep further. Things got worse once more. It was our falling sleep stage of procession, and although the Nicals had given us a boost, we were consciously dozing off. On that note, it's time for the story about the city under the pyramid. Keep an open mind about... So, after the Egyptians and the Egyptians went away, we felt we got dumber. And now, I I may be wrong, but the decline of the Egyptian empire was the beginning of the of the Roman Empire, <laughs> which happened to be one of the most prosperous empires to ever exist on Earth, maybe only taken over by the Alexander the Great or Genghis Khan, but definitely when it comes, you know, may- maybe the, you know, I guess the rise of Catholicism and maybe the enlightening period that was the Renaissance uh-huh. possibly the only periods that, in history that were bigger than that. But the foundation of... You know, remember when we watched Life of Brian's? Like, what did the Romans ever do for us? And they're like, oh, the aqueduct, uh, healthcare. Roads. You know, healthcare, roads, yeah. healthcare, travel, you know, peace. Like, <laughs> it's but what else have imagine. they done? It's hard to... Democracy. It's hard to imagine that... The falling asleep face for humans was one of the most economically and vibrant and artistic times in the history of humanity. <laughs> Mr. Turch, I'm going to yeah. have to believe you on that. Because as. <laughs> Even, but the Greek as, Empire was before that as well. Because as, as my history teacher told me at, in high school, yeah. Kieran has potential, but he needs to apply himself. And how he became the CEO of this podcast. <laughs> Let's keep going. This because there is very little proof for what I'm about to say. For over 40 years, Drunvalo Melchizedek has been studying human consciousness through sacred geometry and spiritual teachers and masters all over the world. In 1996, he was contacted by a source in Egypt who said that something incredible had been discovered. A stone stele came out of the ground between the paws of the Sphinx into the daylight. They removed it and dug into the earth beneath the Sphinx. There they found a room with three tunnels leading off of it. One of the tunnels, which went to the Great Pyramid, had another tunnel coming off it, and it was shielded by a wall of light. 
Bullets could not pass through this field and people could not even get close to it without feeling like they're going to die. The Egyptian government found a particular person who could turn off this field. They also had brought in Paramount Studios to film it as they had filmed the opening of King Tut's tomb. They had a good relationship with Egypt. The government wanted several million dollars from Paramount, but at the last minute they asked for an extra one and a half million under the table. Paramount was outraged and they backed off. Things were silent for about- Wait, Paramount had exclusive rights to see one of the most amazing, historically amazing things in history ever. And the government said, pay us, we want more money. And they said, no, this multi, even back then, multi-million dollar, multi, you know, or even then, billion dollar company just said, oh, we need another million dollars. Go fuck yourself. Despite the fact it was probably the most traumatic and important historic events in the history of the world. Here, here. Three cities have, uh, Adam says, three cities have world, uh, and the world have cities of power control, all Egyptian obelisks in the center, which they praise Washington, D.C., the Vatican, and city of London. Yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of true. There's definitely, Adam, I've, I've Adam. seen the Vatican one and the city of London one. I want you back on the show. <laughs> We've got some more conspiracy stuff to talk about. Uh, I think Paris has a, has a one as well. Oh. Yeah, I know the citation. The citation on the Paramount statement. I would love to see the the para, para um the Paramount statement on this. I wonder if that even if subtly close to being true. Practices on Spotify. Very exciting. Is is Transmutation on there? Because that's that's the only album, or apart from their latest album. Um, now I need to find out. But let's keep watching these. Let's see if this guy, this channeler, and spirituality, yeah. I can pass through this wall that. For some reason, bullets couldn't. Why would they? Like, this is wall of light, and the first thing they decide to do is try to shoot it. <laughs> would you not? Hey, Tutch, Tutch. <laughs> get the cannon. You, get the cannon. <laughs> you let's just just pretend it's you and I, and then we find yeah. this wall of light. What do you think the first thing that you and I would do? Are oh, you put and your dick in it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After that. <laughs> what, what do you think we would do if we had if we had no guns? We would be throwing rocks, or you were just trying to walk through it, or but try and did, did make people sick. Did make people sick. Yeah, I'll give yeah, you that. Yeah. Transmutation sadly is not on Spotify, Rodongo. This is very saddening to me. Uh, okay, let's find out what happened with this Paramount not wanting to pay another million dollars to film the most amazing thing in the history of the world. Three months. Then, Drunvalo heard from a source again, who was involved in all this, who said that three men shut off the light field and went inside. They found themselves inside a very large building that went on for miles underground, which was really the edge of a giant underground city, which was really just one giant building. Then, a little while later, an Egyptian archaeologist... A giant city, which was only just one giant building. I'm very confused. No, so no, they're, the giant, they're, they're in a the giant city's next to the giant building. Right, okay. So Larry they Hunter the, haven't made it to the giant city yet. Yeah, okay. Larry Dean Hunter, he was an archaeologist for over 20 years. Here we go. Just named Larry Hunter began describing the same thing, but more detailed. He said that the city was six and a half by eight miles wide and 12 stories deep, and the city was outlined by specific temples in Egypt. The three pyramids are lined up with Orion's belt, but there are also small temples for every other star in the constellation. Those temples map out the city underground and are made out of a special stone not found anywhere else in Egypt called Coinin Stone. Incredibly enough, very recently, um, ancient tunnels... 
So isn't everything like wherever it is on Earth lined up with Ryan's belt? It sounds like it. I don't know how that's yeah. even even possible. But that's isn't that just like them? What's that? What's that ph- phenomenon where people see people like human faces in non-human things? Like we see like a, a group of rocks together, and we think it's a human face, or we see like yeah, a pattern. Re- they're called religious fanatics. No, no, but like we we physically see pattern, like we see patterns. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it's got a name. I don't and, no, don't ask me what that is. I can't tell you. I can't remember. But there's but a this, name, isn't it? Isn't that just the same as these sort of things? Like in retrospect, we're going, hey, these potentially could line up exactly with Orion's belt. So we've got three pyramids that are sort of in a line, and then we've got stars that are many light years away, and somehow we can measure this and go, yes, this is the equivalent of being in line with each other. I I I I think everything can be in line with each other. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. Yeah. Your house to my house and uh, my parents' house is in line with Orion's belt as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> what are you going to do? It's pretty impressive. We're pretty. Animals were found in Romania that led to both Egypt and the inner earth. Now, I don't have time to go into detail about this particular story, that- but if you want, <laughs> check out the book Transylvanian Sunrise, which is the book he's about to say. Transylvanian Sunrise sounds like a romance novel. <laughs> Like a vampire romance <laughs> yeah, vampire, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Transylvanian Sunrise by Radu Sinemar. To be clear, this is a theory that has not been accepted by the Egyptian government, but the underground city that Thoth said was there is, according to Mr. Hunter... Wait, it's in the... He just said it's in the emerald tablet uh, tablets. So these emerald tablets were written thousands of years ago and they're only recently transcribed by that guy and suddenly they're in the tablets themselves? Like... Yeah. Come, it's you could easily tell this is a scam. <laughs> <laughs> Marked by temples made of a unique substance, and the temples match the star pattern of the constellation of Orion. Four thousand years after the stair step evolution, we were at our lowest stage of our evolution. We were hitting oh bottom on the awareness road. Suddenly, out of the darkness, three men came to Earth to give us a little nudge. Everything in ancient Egypt was synthetic. They had this entire civilization based around achieving heightened states of consciousness, but they had to do it through tools. Now, we're not going to look at each of these tools individually, but let me give you a brief overview here. This tool was used for transferring vibrations into the body. Along with that were the hook and flail. This little device was a kind of generator to increase vibrations, though there's not too much information available on it. Yes, Kieran? No, 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 no. I, um, I t- whatever he says, I believe. You know what? The hook and flail, I think, was definitely meant to channel something, but I think that it was to channel pain to the slaves. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think... I'm not going to say that... I'm not, not going to lie. I, I'm looking at these and just going, how many of them are sex toys? <laughs> Especially this one. This is like the early version of a butt plug. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's amazing. Uh, no, this is a really early. Like, Tesla was not the first one to create the Tesla coil. That's that's what I'm learning here. <laughs> this thing, however, was their most important tool, the Ankh. They saw the Ankh as the secret to eternal life, and they used it not as a physical tool, but as an energetic one. They would use this form and Ankh their sexual energy. Now, this ah! could be a huge topic on its own, <laughs> like how energy travels. <laughs> 
Oh, Jakira, we're going to learn how to have the biggest orgasms we've, we've ever had. Here we go. Are you excited? Are you excited? Ladies, <laughs> this is where you tune in. <laughs> Up and down the body through a vertical tube between five energy channels that counter-rotate as they extend through the body. But basically, sexual energy is an incredibly powerful energy. We definitely abuse it today. But what the Egyptians knew was that when you had an orgasm, a very large amount of energy bursts from your root <laughs> chakra all the way up your spine to the top of your head, and then it gets released. What the Egyptians would do was when the spiral of energy hit their heart chakra, they would onk the energy out of the back of their body and over their head and back into their body, where they would keep the energy and retain a massive energy boost. In other words, if you take a tuning fork and hit it, it will reverberate so for a certain saying... amount of time. Then, if you attach an onk on top of it and hit it again, it will reverberate at least three times longer. The Egyptians- Yeah, because there's more metal for it to- Oh, that's so stupid! Okay, Kieran, sorry. Continue. <laughs> Alright, so from what I'm understanding is they're figuring out how vibration works and how they can use that for their sexual energy. It just sounds like the first Who time- Who says humans were dumb? Who says humans were dumb? So the first time they were just having a quick wank or good, and the second time he was edging for a couple of hours, able to yeah. release that and you know have a really bigger orgasm by the end. <laughs> Egyptians are chronic masturbators, spirit science. Twenty, yeah, <laughs> exactly right, exactly right. That's the. If only um, who's the singer from uh, uh from uh what's it called uh in excess Hutchins? If only Hutchins knew the secrets of the Egyptians, maybe he wouldn't have uh. Audio auto erotic asphyxiated himself to death. Oh. Keep your onks, people. Keep your onks. It should be in every sex, <laughs> every sexy land you go to. We're doing this with their bodies. Moving on, when Atlantis was first formed, the Nicole. <laughs> Thank you for telling us how to have bigger, bigger orgasms with an onk. <laughs> Moving on to the Atlantean Mystery School. That's something school. called a mystery sex. School. This is a special type of school where you learn about consciousness and you learn different aspects of expanding your own consciousness and eventually getting to a place where you become immortal. It usually took a very long time to achieve this state and that's why there were only about 1,000 Nicals in comparison to the millions of Lemurians at the start of Atlantis. The first Atlantean to reach the immortal state was a man named Osiris. Ancient Egypt's mythology tells a story about Osiris, a man who was killed and cut up into pieces by his brother in an act of rage and then the pieces were scattered. This event are they going to tell the best part of this story? Let's see. And then if it doesn't, I'll tell the best part of this story. All right. All right. And perhaps less exaggerated than the myths actually did happen. And it took place on Atlantis. Osiris's wife and sister retrieved the pieces. And upon returning the final piece, they restored the creative energy flow and brought his spirit back into the body. Through doing this, Osiris became immortal. And he was the first immortal of Atlantis. This story is... Okay. They're not telling the best part of this story. So these two were actually in the God realm, brother and sister as well. And she yeah. and also husband and wife, because that's what happened in the Egyptians' things. Back so in the I day. understand but, that if you get murdered and then put back together like Humpty Dumpty. Yeah. You, and you, you become forever. immortal. Yeah. So continuing on from that, one of the things that didn't survive the cutting up and stuff like that was his penis. Uh-huh. And this is an important part of the story. Oh no! <laughs> because the penis was completely gone. So uh, Osiris, uh, sorry, uh, uh, Isis, who's his wife and sister, decided not to, to be put mixed up with together. Isis, the terrorist group. That's right, completely different. Yeah. Or the one in uh, um, the TV show Archer, but or, or Isis. Yes. 
she put together, she made for him to replace his penis a golden penis made of gold. <laughs> and then when he came back to life, they had a child together, which is created uh-huh. from the the the, pen, the the golden penis. And with that, it became, I'm pretty sure it became the sun god, Ra. What about golden showers? <laughs> well, that's a whole different thing if you have a gold penis. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, can't, I always miss the best parts of these stories. Told throughout ancient Egypt on many temple walls, and I'm going to show you why. Osiris went through the three stages of consciousness. The first one was whole, the second was separated from itself, included physically, and the third was whole again. The Nikals used Osiris's understanding of how he became immortal as a template for how others could do it as well, only through consciousness, without needing to be cut up, of course. This eventually became what we would call the religion of Atlantis, but it was more of a deeper understanding that they were following. This template was also used in Egypt, which we will look at now. Through this stair-step evolution, we began to change from the first level of consciousness into the second. Before the fall, we had incredible memories. It wasn't this vague recollection that we have now, but today we might see it as full-tilt 3D holographic memory. After the fall, we still had a photographic memory and could share these experiences with each other, which is called dream time. It is what the genies of Australia still have today. Through the introduction of writing, however, <laughs> we began to change from the first level of consciousness into the second. We lost our incredible memories and became very separate from each other and ourselves. Thoth was the one who introduced writing, and if you look at ancient Egyptian culture, it even says Thoth brought writing to us, as well as many other things. Now that we were in- Yeah, but like Icarus bought fire. Uh, no, Prometheus bought fire to the Greeks, but no one really thinks that Prometheus was real. In fact, the cave that apparently Zeus was born in, 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 in Greek mythology, is so close to the Greeks where they used to live that they could actually walk to it. In fact, Mount Olympus is apparently where all the gods of Greece lived at the top, and yet no one climbed Mount Olympus, despite the fact you could easily be climbed even by non, you know, by, by the common man. Like, that's how lazy these things are when it comes to these stories. We're just talking about mythology. These are just parables to enjoy, to understand religion in a certain way or by or just explain the unexplainable back in the day for these people. Exactly. <laughs> yes, this is, this is the story. <laughs> this is our origin of Obelisk. It's bizarre and unbelievable that it sounds, but people who used to control the earth believe it, and this is what they believe. They should scare the shit out of everyone. If this is what the elite... Like you know, what's it called? Like the Rothschilds and the and the the Bill Gates and the Steve Jobs and the Elon Musks believe. The only thing I know that Elon Musk is saying is true is Dogecoin. Did you invest in Dogecoin? No, I haven't. You should have. You should have because it went up a thousand percent. Anyway, oh. uh, if this is what they actually believe, then they are actually the stupid people in our society. <laughs> <laughs> they're the ones that didn't catch up. Maybe they haven't ascended yet. Maybe they're still at the level one, and I'm happy at level two, and Kieran, who's the slightly taller than me, is at the <laughs> level three. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. In the second level, over time, things began to change, and a very serious problem developed, which if it hadn't been solved, it would have caused a major catastrophe in our own near future. Basically, in Egypt, the Ascended Masters had used Osiris's genetic coding of changing chromosomes to show others the path of ascension. They developed a system of 42 and 2 gods, with a lowercase g. They were actually called Neaters. Most will recognize this one. His name was Anubis. 
There were 42 and 2 neuters who were representative of human chromosomes. Each one of them showed a specific pathway of life or human experience, and people would follow these understandings to learn more about their life. That's completely wrong about how many gods that there were. The number of gods fluctuated depending on who was the pharaoh at the time. Similar to the Roman gods and similar to the um, the Greek gods, it fluctuated because each each pharaoh, each um, uh, emperor at the time decided which gods were the more important ones. And each almost each city-state had a god yeah. that they worshipped, and that would change over over time. So to say that it was exactly forty two and two, or whatever they're saying here. Uh, so, is... so Turch, what you what you're saying is the pharaoh's the CEO. Yeah, and he goes, "I need to appoint some board of directors." Yeah, sometimes he has ten, sometimes he has forty four. It's completely yeah. Up it to depends the, up what to the, depends yeah. what he wants. Yeah, it depends how many people he needs juiced in. That's right. That's right. Yeah, or their own reality. The problem developed when both Upper Egypt and Lower Egypt became more separated from themselves, and the meanings of these needers were lost. Over time, the drawings of these needers changed, and the meanings changed with them. People had no idea what they meant. Then it got worse, when the Egyptian king Menes merged Upper Egypt and Lower Egypt into a unified country. Menes also merged the belief systems, so now you had 88 gods that people were fighting over to decide who was really god. This was an issue, because now they had people not knowing what to believe, completely lost, separated from their understanding of their own divinity and God. Things became separated further. People fought over which gods were really gods. Today, we look back and say, wow, <laughs> they thought there were so many gods, when really, this wasn't the case at all. Even with the help from the Tat Brotherhood, we just couldn't get it right. There was one short period of Egyptian culture that most historians don't really understand. As it's written in ancient texts and hieroglyphs, for 17 and a half years, there was a bizarre new ruler that completely changed how Egypt was run and his name was Akhenaten. Before him, there were only kings. Akhenaten was the first pharaoh, which meant that which you will become. He was also, believe it or not, 15 to 16 feet tall. No. <laughs> so that's a level... No, no, that's a level three, I think. No, you know why this is not true? Because we've found his fucking body. We've got it in a museum somewhere, and he's not 15 fucking feet tall. <laughs> Unless he, unless he really shrank, unless he really fucking Church, shrank. When you dehydrate, when you dehydrate, you shrink. Do you dehydrate ten feet? <laughs> that's that's your bones don't dehydrate like that. Like your bones wouldn't do that. There's just no or, way. In or, his, son, or, his son was Tutankhamun, who, who Church, we know or, is real. If, if if or if you're really cold you get shrinkage. What I'm saying is he could have dehydrated okay, or it could have been you really can, cold. You could be from, if you go down from 15 feet uh -huh. to three uh, to five feet, let's just go with yeah. that. So that's a 10 yeah. feet reduction, a 66% reduction. So Correct. right now, let's just say flaccid, you're four, <laughs> you're three <laughs> inches. You're uh -huh. going down in the cold to one. I don't believe uh -huh. that's even possible. All I'm saying is it could have been cold and then he could have dehydrated. How can you be okay? Wait, how can you be cold and dehydrate? Heat they causes dehydration. Kind of ice, they had some kind of ice age thingamajig with the Ark and the Noah. Oh, wait. <laughs> but that's before that. Before that. Uh, uh, Caligula worshipped horses. I'm, that's very true, Adam. Uh, I'm uh, trying to I'm trying to give them some cred here. 
trying to give. I'm trying to help them out. I'm trying to help them out. Uh, what was that? What's that, uh, the Hebrews? Did they do they, they worship goats for a while? I b- believe that was a big thing. Or lambs, sacrificial ox. Ox is the one, and that's when um, apparently, what's his name came down. Uh, no, not Noah. The other one, the one that fled from Egypt for the Hebrews. He came down oh, and uh, brought the Ten Commandments and yelled at them. But he had fifteen commandments, and then he smashed them all. Went back up to see God. That's a good. Great, great, great story. Here we go. Here we go. Let's find out about this 15-foot Egyptian pharaoh. Okay. At least that's how he was always depicted and had an elongated skull. Both of these aspects are related to Christ consciousness. Akhenaten abolished all previous understandings of God and tried to instill a one-God understanding in everyone. After 17 years, the majority of Egyptians revolted and Akhenaten was killed, soon to be replaced by someone else, returning to the old system. What actually happened? To correct the problem, Thoth got the help from I and Tia, who were the first immortals from Lemuria, and got them to mate interdimensionally to conceive a Christ consciousness being. Thoth said that he worked with the previous kings of Egypt to help achieve this, and Egyptologists find that Akhenaten came completely out of nowhere. It took some time, and there was a transitional period involving Amenhotep III, but soon Akhenaten was on the throne. Akhenaten used his time to bring Egypt back to a simple religion where there was one god, one reality. He used imagery of a sun disk to represent this. The priests in Egypt didn't like that because the religious beliefs were centered on the priests. Then he comes along and says, You don't need priests. God is within you, and you can access God from within your own selves. Well, they didn't like that. He also pulled the military. I'm pretty sure that wasn't exactly how it was. I, I my, my yeah, history on this I'm is, calling bullshit. is a bit, bit off. Um... It's over. Now modern day post uh, posters uh, pop stars worship goats like Beyonce and Lady Gaga. I've seen something <laughs> like that, like some conspiracy theories about uh, music videos that have like certain imagery on there. Maybe I'll have to find that video again. It's probably off YouTube now, but I have seen something like that where they do some crazy stuff in the back. I don't know if that's on purpose or not. Uh, I don't know if it's that artistic at all, but there. There you go. That's one of those things. And wasn't there a conspiracy that Chelsea Clinton was a human goat hybrid going around during the Great Meme War in 2016? Yeah, but that one's true. So, you know, that's a, that's a different story altogether. Terry back and said, don't attack unless someone else attacks first. The military didn't like him either. Plus, the people generally didn't like him because they enjoyed worshipping their many gods. Eventually, they disposed of him. After all that, what did Akhenaten do that evidently saved humankind? Well, he developed a mystery school, with the intention of showing a small group of humans a way to ascend into the immortal state. Usually, it took hundreds of years to reach the level of immortality, and Akhenaten had 17 years to produce results. How did, has it taken 100 years or so to reach immortality when humans can only live to the maximum, even nowadays, what's it, like 75 to 80? So he's doing yeah. this back in the day where we know that people were not living like past their 40s past their 50s like you know past their 30s talking... i think back then would have been yeah, um, yeah. very good yeah uh no not their not theories clear as day in their videos and music performances well look i remember the cliches used to put a lot of uh uh images of goats and all that sort of stuff in there when we performed as well it's always good fun to to get it really up in the grill of those higher ups in the music industry but i want to see more because I, I love this sort of stuff this was a very close call, but he did it. He actually showed 300 individuals the path to immortality in this short time. So after, so where are they? Where are these immortal people? 
the general Tim, population disposed of Akhenaten? These right three- here. <laughs> right here. Immortal. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. There you go. Kieran, Kieran has just stated to everyone that even when I die, the C- CFO dies, the podcast will live on forever. This will be the longest running podcast because Kieran will never die. And may- <laughs> maybe, maybe by the time that I die, he will finally know how to record things, use StreamYard, <laughs> a StreamYard, and even edit the show on time. Maybe that'll happen. 100 Immortals would go beyond Egypt. See, Turch, I have a very large, Egypt and- a very large pineal gland, oh, yes. which makes me sleep a lot, you know? <laughs> So you just feel like you're living a long time. You just feel like it. You know, that's why the podcast is always late. And I'm sleeping. He brought a man named Pythagoras into the Great Pyramid. There we go, Pythagoras. Here we go. And taught him the geometry of the universe. That man then went on to found Greece, which was originally built upon schools for teaching geometry and the platonic solids and all of that stuff. Thoth lived a lifetime here as well, where he was known as Hermes Trismegustus. Akhenaten's immortals became a group called the Essene Brotherhood. They first migrated to a place called Masada in Israel. Even today, Masada is known as the capital of the Essene Brotherhood. Now get this. In this brotherhood, there were two people in particular. A man and a woman. You might have heard. Mm-hmm. Isn't Greece and Israel a fair distance away from one another? It's, got, it's, it's, it's distance enough. Okay. Yeah, good. Just, just placing it all in your head, just mapping it yeah, out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Heard of them. Mary and Joseph? See, it was part of the Ascended Master's plan that they would bring in a being who would show the pathway to Christ consciousness. He would come <laughs> to Earth as a second level being, a regular Joe, and achieve Christ consciousness through the course of his life. Then, the ascension process, the transitional experience from the second to third level, would go into the consciousness grid that was still being formed. He was able to transition because he was originally from these higher levels. That man is known today as Jesus, although his name at that time was Yahshua Ben-Hur. <laughs> so they decided to create a person to show people how to get into Christ's consciousness. And it just happened to, we call him Christ, but his name was Yahshua Ben-Hur. <laughs> the only thing that I can, all right, I got dragged along to see Wicked the Musical. Right. Okay. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I was bored out of my brains watching it. And th- this is what I this is what I'm thinking right now. S- s- not sound of music. Uh, Wizard of Oz was fine, right? Yeah. This is yeah. Jesus and all of that is the Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz. We're now watching Wicked. <laughs> We're watching the preamble to Wizard of Oz. I was thinking this could be like Wizard of Oz. Yeah, I thought Charlton Heston was Ben Hur. <laughs> ah, you truly are the king of kings. King of kings. <laughs> yeah. now, this is more like the Wizard of Oz two or Return to Oz, which is, it doesn't make sense at all. It's like an acid trip, and it, it's crazy. Or you know the or um, uh, what's the one where the the child's head turns around? The Exorcist, Exorcist Two, has like the whole those scenes in Africa, and it's got um, James L. Jones in it and stuff like that. The insane stuff. I'm having a good time mm. though. So let's see what Jesus oh, yeah. did. 
If Yashua had not shown up, we would not have had that ascension experience available to us today. None of us would be aware that these higher levels of understanding even existed and we would destroy ourselves. According to what Tho said, Mary and Joseph made it interdimensionally. Mary could have been a virgin physically. But Mary and Joseph didn't even in the the whole, whole story is that God gave her a child, not Joseph. Nah, 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 nah. It's a fundamental part of the story. It's a fundamental part of the story that they just touch, touch. I don't know, no, I don't know, no virgin who gave birth. Joseph had to have, you know. That's the story. Come on, that's yeah, not believable. That's why the discussion, though, the whole, you know, uh, there was a whole part of history where they revised the Bible, and the, the question was, was Jesus actually a man or was he divine? And the whole thing is that that's why the Catholicism broke up into yeah exactly the Immaculate Conception. Right, church, church, yeah, exactly I can tell right. you. But the I whole can tell point you what was happened. that the whole point is that Jesus was meant to be a man that became that went off to become a god, not that he was a god from the beginning and continued church, to be a god. Because otherwise, his death means nothing if he's died as a god. <laughs> I will tell you. I'll tell you what happened. All right, I'll tell you what happened. Mary got one of those ancient sex toys. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right? The onk. <laughs> you know, someone else was using the, the onk or something like that. Maybe a lot of semen left in there. She grabs it. Like, you know, they put it back. She grabs it. She has a bit of sexy time. Who, does, right? who so doesn't wash their onk? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, well, the Romans, the Romans didn't provide... You know, bloody Romans. Adequate, adequate sanitation. Adequate sanitation. Yeah, right. This is all making sense. The Life Ju of Brian is correct. The bloody Romans. The Judean people's front didn't didn't uh Yeah, yeah. The demands were not met. Their demands were not met. <laughs> and then uh uh you know, the baby Jesus is born. That's right. It's making Could've sense. Been anyone's this is baby, all making sense. I I like it. I like it. Uh she onked herself a baby. Yeah. <laughs> but she made it with Joseph in a way that would allow a soul from a higher reality to come down to earth and have a human experience. Usually, this is impossible to do otherwise. Through Yashua's work, he came here just like us, a total human being, but he went through these three important stages, final death, resurrection, and ascension, and gave us these experiences so that we could access them down the road. Now, as we all know, the story of Jesus has a missing piece. He was a child, disappeared for some time, and then showed up again when he was 30. In a book called The 18 Absent Years of Jesus Christ, the leading theories about where he went was actually out east to either the Himalayan or Tibetan mountains, where he became an enlightened guru. He brought his teachings back to the world after that. If you remember from part one, the Kundalini of the planet was residing in Tibet at that time. They were very spiritually adept people living there, and remain so today. Now, on the topic of Christ, there's something else I'd like to bring up. The Lord's Prayer. Today, we know this as the only prayer that Jesus taught, but did you know it's actually a geometric prayer meditation? A man named Bodie McCoy spent over 20 years working with this prayer and analyzing it with sacred geometry and has discovered some incredible... Yes, speak, my child. Speak. <laughs> Go on. Speak. How how do you how do you get you know this is 
The Lord's Prayer isn't. <laughs> what did you just learn? It isn't a po- it's not. <laughs> There's so many things. What's that? What's that Japanese poem structure called? A haiku. It's haiku? the Lord's Prayer yeah. isn't a haiku. It's not like got five syllables, seven syllables, five syllables. A Lord's Prayer is a summary of Jesus's ongoing beliefs and the difference between Judaism and Christianity as a whole. You know? Mm. How do you how do you go, okay, I also I know about squares <laughs> or in this case da- David's star, the star of David, right? Yeah. And I go, I'm going to use my knowledge of shapes to analyze a piece of text. Uh, it's called shape textology. <laughs> oh, let's keep going. Synchronicities. In his book, Live the Promise, he explains how the original prayer, not the extended version, mind you, has seven segments or thoughts, which align perfectly with the seven chakras, as uh. well as the seven original branches of yoga. Bodhi teaches how to do this prayer meditation, as well as meditations him and his wife have developed based on the Lord's Prayer, called Heart Dances. It's really quite incredible to see how it all works with the pure geometries of the universe. It's- so it's just bullshit. It's just, it's just bullshit. It's just bullshit. There's no, <laughs> that's it. It's just bullshit. Yeah, but it's good bullshit. It's fun bullshit. It's fun. It's fun bullshit. Okay, if, if people could do whatever they want spiritually to make themselves feel any better. But this is just bullshit. Uh, Animus says here, entirely possible to have IVF possible without intercourse required. Now it's immaculate conception by modern standards. Feel very plausible back then. I find it highly dubious that that would be IVF back then. It would, even today, it's such a very low rate of uh, inception when it comes to uh, IVF. And famous quote, any significantly advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. I guess the difference is with advanced technology is that we understand how it works, whereas magic we don't. And that's why it's also consistent when it comes to what technology is as well, whereas magic is uh, almost indescribable in that manner of how it works or why it works. Hey, Mr. That right? Titch. Yes. No, I would agree. I would agree. Yeah. How much is left of this this video? We're not we're we're close to being done. I'm assuming they've got some credits and stuff. We've probably got another about five minutes. All right, excellent. So we just plow through this. Let's plow I'm very it. tired. <laughs> if you wish to learn more, check out livethepromise.net. If you study Christian religion and Egyptian religion, you'll actually find that they parallel in almost every way except for the Egyptians' understanding of God. Most evidence shows that Christian religion came out of Egyptian religion, and then later they went back and discredited the Egyptians. No. Around 300 AD, <laughs> there was a council called the Council of Nicaea, which was the syndication between the Roman political and religious authorities. Nice to see you. Basically, the religious leaders and political leaders realized that they could unite and impose more influence on the people and yes. control society through their unity. Yes. It's right around this time that we begin to see the manifestation of the New Testament, Correct. which was put together from scriptures and stories, some newer and some much older, which were renewed and superimposed on the life of Yahshua ben Hur, which today we know as Jesus of Nazareth. The term Christ actually stems back from much before the Bible. It comes from the word Christala, which is a word that derives from the original seven core audible sounds of creation. When the creation of the universe occurred... No... The core seven sounds of develop. 
What does that mean? Nothing. That okay. means nothing. <laughs> the original tones were ka ra ya sa ta ha la. Chrisla actually was broken down on earth into two words, Christ, which soon became Christ, and Hla, which became Allah, which were broken down and changed through oral tradition. The symbol for Atlantis was three rings. What? 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 So now we've got Allah. Okay, let's continue. We're going to plow through this. this is, everything is making me more and more frustrated. Inside of the other. The inside were the Nikals, the middle ring were called Maya, and the outer ring were the Atlanteans. The Maya's job was communicating the messages from the inner circle out to the regular people of Atlantis. When Atlantis sank, the Maya took their knowledge, a crystal skull with memories of Atlantis, and their calendar. No! The crystal- Oh, the, the crystal skulls are not real! Every single one has been found, has been tested multiple times, and all of them have come back saying that they were created by people or machines or something like that. None of them, not even one little bit of close piece of evidence. Has ev no one has ever said that they are mystical. There's not 12 or 13. The, the Indiana Jones film is completely false based on a complete mythology. That's all. I, oh. Yeah. Oh, but it's, it, Kieran. Fun. Yeah. It's fun, but getting, it's, not, it's not history. You seem to be getting very upset with some just minor, minor details. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so upset. And when Look, even Adam's laughing at me, but at least he's having fun with it. At least he knows that they're not real as well. Maybe they are. Maybe they are. Their calendar is the most advanced, detailed calendar on the planet, and it mm. has its roots. Not even close. I mean, the Mayan calendar is not even close. It's not even close to being the most accurate calendar in all ways here. Oh. It's in Atlantis. <laughs> Church, I don't think you understand years, this because you're a level one. <laughs> it's going to be very hard for you to understand this. Me as a level two, I get this. I, I get thought you were this. level three because you're six foot tall, and I'm level two because I'm not that tall. Oh, maybe, Come maybe, on, uh, maybe, maybe that, get what I mean. Monopolize the entire world into what it is now. Today, there are 13 families that are among the richest families in the world. They have their hands in next to every organization and government and control over 95% of the money. They control our modern world from the very tippy top. Today, okay. we like to call them the Illuminati, except oh. that's not really who they are. The word Illuminati means enlightened ones, which was established long ago as a secret society that was focused around expanding knowledge through scientific and spiritual understandings. Secret societies were not originally bad, but rather consisted of those who just kind of got it. They understood information that the average person at that time would not accept and demonize. These societies had to be kept a secret because of the control that the church had and refuted against what they wanted to explore. Yeah, okay. This is where Freemasonry originally comes from. If you do the research on the time periods, what probably happened was yeah. that the church, who had the majority of the control at the time, probably infiltrated some of these organizations to make sure that they were not creating plans to expose information and destroy the world order that they had created. This led to the church exposing some of the societies as devil worship and blasphemous, and fear of these groups rose. Over yeah, okay. time, many secret societies branched off by those who were corrupt or previously infiltrated by the church and gained more control through the church and large organizations that were being established. Today, there exist 13 families around the world who pretty much own the world with over 95% of the money and a lust for greed, power, and control. 
More and more information has become present lately that many of these families may have DNA that is different than the rest of the human population. Okay, oh. are you ready for this? Yeah. <laughs> so is he telling me that these people are the space Jews from the start of the film? Oh, oh you could be right. <laughs> uh, they're, they're, okay, case closed. The elite 13 families have history connected to space Jews. That's what not what I'm saying. That's what he's in this 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 spirit science guy is implying. All right, let's find out. Let's find out. It is speculated that they share DNA that was passed down from the Martian race. Yes! <laughs> The space Jews are in control of the Earth. <laughs> or other species' races. They contain no love or emotion and are completely power-driven. This brings us to the end of the human history story for spirit science. But of course, it's not really the end. For one, we've only really scratched the surface of discussing many of these topics. Secret oh. societies, for example, would take another two or three lessons to really get into. Plus, the human history story won't end because we're still living it, and what happens next is ultimately up to you. This story, while seemingly unbelievable and at times outrageous, does explain a lot. Think about it. We've covered the Bermuda Triangle, the face on Mars, Jesus, what the Egyptians were doing, the rise of Greece, pretty much most modern religions, the reason we popped up out of nowhere 6,500 years ago, the stair-step evolution of those cultures, and the story of Atlantis, which has been elusive to us at the best of times. It also explains the Great Pyramids and their connection to all of the sacred sites on the planet, the Sumerian tablets, the Emerald tablets, Lucifer, and as for the Hebrews, if you read their Talmud, it actually seems to suggest that they're not from here. I'm not going to tell you to believe it, but it definitely puts some... Space... Jews. <laughs> That's right, uh, Rodongo. The victory dance is the reason why the audio version of this shall forever be subpar. Especially these videos where we're watching, these live streams where we're watching videos. Uh, yes, I was dancing and laughing my head off about the space. Here, I think we're at the end of this anyway. I think I don't we're know. at the end. I want to do more of this. Uh, I, I think the spirit science guy is one insane, but the most fascinating conspiracy theory type thing I've seen in a very long time. Uh, the only, he does the his thing research. Else, the other, the only other one that I think is just as funny or just as as insane is potentially ancient aliens, but yeah. they've got a whole team of people on that show. This is like one guy and a couple of artists and maybe some up like you know handful of blokes putting these together thinking that this is going to be like the next level these guys have got like a million subscribers on their youtube channel right good on them and i don't know if people are actually following this like going yes this is what i believe or they're people like us watching it going this is insanely stupid but i need to I see more i think the majority of people are like this is insanely funny and hilarious and let's watch some more of this I hope so. I bloody well hope so. This is fun. Kieran, we did it. We got through the all of human history. If there was one thing you'll take away from this, what do you think it would be? What's the, what's the thing that you really think is going to help you improve your life and get you from that level two or level three to that next 
the next level. Uh, uh, I um, I think I need to work on my consciousness uh, level I raising. To, I think I but, think we but, really need but, to learn how to make a, a, a Merkaba. I, I think a Merkaba. I think a Merkaba yeah. is really important. But if there's anything that I've taken away, it is how much uh, you know I need to support my co-host in his terrible factual knowledge about the Catholic Church. <laughs> When he's confronted with other evidence and for him to be more open-minded. That's what I've taken away. I can only report on the stuff that I know <laughs> to the best of my ability. And the, you know, more the brainwashing that do... occurred to my co-host while he was at school, <laughs> you know, and at oh, any moment sorry. that is challenged, you know, he gets upset. <laughs> yeah, you know me, I'm 100%. Uh, I, I, you know, my second job was going to be an altar boy, but I decided that I couldn't take that many cocks. Um, and with that, Kieran, I think that we're going to have to wrap it up. I'd like to thank everybody for joining us on the live stream and on the chat in the chat here. It's always good fun having you here with the comments because you make us laugh just as much as, well, I hope we make you laugh, but you definitely make us laugh um, quite a bit and it's always good to have your input. Make sure you do subscribe to the YouTube channel because then you'll get notifications of when we're doing the next one. The next one I guess we have to do is the continuation of uh, the, uh, the uh, history of the world nibiru sort of stuff i think we'll try to get trash back on the show but if back not, on that one for that one yeah kieran and i would be fantastic kieran thank you so much for joining me all good thank and you everyone make sure and make sure if you follow us well, for all your wanking needs make sure you follow us on the soundcloud the itunes the spotify instagram twitter and facebook and if you'd like to send us some hate mail a death threat or a rant or a way to create a synthetic merkaba Record it on your phone and email us at we only do one take podcast at gmail.com. We'll always bring it up. We love chatting with everyone. And we will see you all for the next conspiracy theory episode very, very fucking soon. Thank you all and good night. <laughs>